This is Retirement Talk. I'm Del Lowry. I've entitled this podcast, Death and Decision Making. Retirement brings death just a bit more closer to home. It becomes personal. Our parents die, or are dying. Our friends die, or are dying. What happens after death? Many people make decisions in life based on what they believe will happen to them after death, including what to do when they're retired. They live this life in fear or in hope of what will happen to them later. When my daughter was in her freshman year of college, she took a class in philosophy. I asked her if they had talked about God and religion. She said they did. I asked her if they got into discussions about it in her dorm. She replied, no, not really. I asked her, why not? Weren't kids interested in this topic? She said, some were, but not me. It really doesn't concern me. As you might have guessed, she was raised outside of the faith, religious faith. God's existence, heaven and hell, and making decisions concerning her life were not influenced by what might happen to her after death. It was a non-issue. I remember vividly one of my earliest experiences with death and decision-making. My rabbit died. Petey was a baby cotton-tailed rabbit. I'd found Petey after mowing some long grass. I hate to think of what may have happened to Petey's brothers and sisters. I fixed Petey a little pen. He was such a cute little rabbit. Within a day or two, he died. Wild animals just don't like captivity. I took an empty peanut butter jar, cleaned it, and placed a bed of green grass for Petey to lie in, dug a hole in the ground under the plum tree, and buried him. I then made a small wooden cross out of lath, painted it white, inscribed Petey's name on it and the date on it, and placed it at the head of the grave. I can still picture in my mind going into the house after burying Petey and asking my mother if Petey would be in heaven when I got there. She replied, No, heaven is just for people. I cried and claimed that it wasn't fair. I ran from the house. Thoughts of how God could not let Petey into heaven just didn't seem right. It seemed mean. He was just a little innocent rabbit. If he couldn't go to heaven, then I didn't want to go either. Why would a good and just God treat other animals differently from us? My mother pursued me and then comforted me with second thoughts. Well, I guess for an animal as nice as Petey, God would make an exception. I still think that is when I first started to seriously question my religion. It just didn't seem right. An obsession developed concerning God in the hereafter. It consumed much of my time and energy during the first 40 years of my life probably thousands of hours and probably thousands of decisions. It may have also been true for many of you, and perhaps for many it still is. Years passed. 
I once visited Down House, where Charles Darwin wrote The Origin of the Species. It isn't far from London. We were on our first trip to London as a family. The kids were focused on the Tower of London, Stonehenge, and the Loch Ness Monster. Brenda wanted to visit Herod's famous department store. On the flight, over the pole, I had finished reading Lauren Isley's book, Darwin's Century. My mind was constantly rambling round and through Darwin's thinking and argument. This one book had caused so much furor. Some people saw it as an intellectual gateway. Others saw it as a work from hell. On one day of our visit, the wife and kids were off to explore their favorite sites, and I took the train to Kent. It was a hot summer day and I walked from the station down a narrow, hedgerow-lined country road for a few kilometers. There was no traffic, none. Where were all the people? Eventually, I came to a small brick monument at the edge of a driveway that led to a big brick house. Inscribed on the monument were the words, Here Charles Darwin thought and wrote for 40 years. It was lunch hour. No one answered my knock. Then I saw the sign. It would be open again at two o'clock. I waited the 45 minutes. Not one person appeared. Not one car. Bird calls came from the hedge. My mind wandered concerning how such a maelstrom of thought could have emanated from this serene spot in the countryside. At two o'clock, I knocked again. A caretaker opened the door. He looked surprised. He looked past me as if looking for other visitors or at least a car. No one. I asked if I could visit the museum. It's part of the British Trust, just like the famous British Museum. Only no one was here, except for me. He held the door wide and asked me to come in and said, Give a shout if you need anything. Then he bound up the wide stairway to an upper floor. I was left what seemed to be alone in Darwin's house. It was stunningly silent. The house had every appearance of an occupied home, carpet, furniture, photos, cabinets, etc. I moved slowly, like a shadow silently peering into this case and that. There were the birds he had brought back on the beagle, his chair where he sat with his writing board on his lap each day to compose his thoughts, his pens, his books, letters, his glasses, all sorts of personal stuff. Out the French doors lay the footpath that he walked every day. I walked down it and thought of Darwin. Returning to the house with no visitors, I lingered and then silently let myself out and left this house where thought had taken a giant leap. Thoughts about life and death were changing forever. When I returned home, I read Darwin's Origin of the Species and was convinced by the clarity of thought and rational thought. I guess I passed those thoughts on to my daughter. This is the first of a series treating death and decision-making. In the next episode, I want to tell you a story about my last tussle with this matter. I think it has major implications 
for retirement. This is Retirement Talk. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, contact Dell at retirementtalk.org.